speeding and the sound is speeding. Hello, welcome to another episode of This Week with Drew, the Monday edition for Monday, November 1st, 2021. On today's episode, we got a big news. Mike Ward uh, vindicated of all charges as well. We got How Was My Weekend and uh, motherfucking shit, you know, why do the intro at the Drake and you know we on the flow. I'm on the app, I'm on the creep, I'm on the sheet. I want to crack hoot and then I meet Capone on 118. Put the rock in my hand and that is my plan. I fucking smoke it and then I go rob the mohawk. <laughs> you guys, I welcome to, oh geez, my microphone stand. Uh-oh. My microphone stand is falling. Okay, that's good. Hi. Oh, 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 oh. There we go. Okay. Hi. Welcome to another episode of This Week Drew, the Monday edition. Monday for Monday, 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 November 1st, 2021. How are you? Did you have a fun weekend? Um, it was Halloween. Did you? I hope you're doing well. This mic stand, I thought I fixed it, but it turns out I just made it worse. Okay, that's fine. Um, I'm going to just fucking... Okay, let's try to get that going. Get, get a better angle there. Okay, what the fuck? I thought I bought this new attachment, but I guess I... Uh, I guess I fucked up. Okay, hang on a sec here. Oh my god, should I, I'm almost at the point where I'm going to do this over again. Okay, fuck it, whatever. Hi, well, <laughs> welcome to the show. This is another episode of This Week of Drew, the Monday edition for Monday, November 1st. Try, 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 try. Let's start off the show with a little bit of a... Uh, how was my motherfucking weekend? How was my motherfucking weekend? Uh, how was your weekend? This was a big, exciting weekend for me. I, uh... Halloween weekend and stand-up comedy is back, man. I'm I'm back in the groove. Parties are, are coming back here, so um, it was great Thursday. Uh, last I spoke to you guys, I was uh, just working out and you know on my reading week here for from school. So Friday, I had a crazy gig at Coffee Oysters and Champagne, which is like this, which is a regular bar, but in the back they have a speakeasy, which is like a bigger bar, and then you have to ask, like, you have to say the secret password to get into the back, you have to, like, ask to, like, see the champagne bottles or some shit like that, I can't remember what it was, but there's some passcode, um, um, and Keith Pedro, uh, booked me for this gig, one of the funniest dudes in the country, and Pedro books me for this gig, and so what the gig was, was in the back room, in the speakeasy, they have extra, even more secret back rooms, and, uh, you know, as a part of the speakeasy cool environment thing, and this back room that I was performing in was behind a bookcase door, so you actually had to push the bookcase door, the bookcase opens, and then it's a long, skinny, sort of, uh, almost like a hallway, or but it's like a skinny, long, rectangular room that's maybe about, like, I don't know, maybe, like, at most, like, eight, six to seven feet across, but then it's probably, like, 20 feet long, maybe, like, 10 feet high, and at the end of it, there's a little stage with some curtains, and then there's, like, a, there's, like, a bench all along one of the walls, so the point of this room is, is that the hostess will say, hey, this is, you're at the speakeasy, would you guys like to come for a VIP experience, um, and then the, the guests will say, yeah, sure, so now normally in a stripper club or something like that, this means you're going to get like, you know, a lap dance or get your dick sucked or something. But <laughs> at Coffee Oysters and Champagne, they provide entertainment. 
So this room uh, is, is they do magic and they do tarot and they do like fun sort of things there. But this is the first time they had ever done stand up comedy, and um, it was weird. So it was two hour show. This is how they ran. It was nine to eleven was me, uh, and then we're gonna do ten minute shows and we're gonna flip the room after ten minutes and we're gonna try to get as many guests in here over two hours. So I ended up doing six 10-minute shows for uh, groups ranging from two people, uh, three people. There was uh, a bunch of two tops, a bunch of three tops, and then a massive 10 top that fit the entire room. There's about 10 people could fit in the room. So, yeah, it was fucking weird. <laughs> uh, obviously, you can't do material when there's two fucking people there. Um, that just doesn't work. And I, and I even told them that because one girl... I was doing crowd work the whole time. Who are you guys? Where are you from? How do you know each other? What do you guys do for work? Blah, 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 blah. Just trying to do funny crowd work. And I was about nine minutes in. And then I, and then I looked at the thing. I was like, oh, shit, we're almost done. We got to get you guys out of here. And some girl was like, she was in there with a two top with her, with her boyfriend. And she's like, so what? You're not even going to fucking tell a joke? And I'm like, yo, did you not have fun? Like, I'm doing crowd work. Like, yeah, I'm not going to tell a joke. I think it's more impressive that you came into this room and I was able to make you guys laugh for 10 minutes without even telling a joke just based on, like, being a funny a funny guy, right? Um, So she's like, so what? You're stalling? You're not even going to tell a joke? I'm like, fuck, fine, fuck you. You guys want to hear a joke? You want to hear a joke? Fine, I'll tell you a joke. And then I tell my classic, uh, you know, grandpa skateboard bit, which has been my opener for, like, seven years. And they just go, huh. And it's like, yeah, I fucking told you. The context of stand-up comedy is important. <laughs> you, can't just, it's, you can't just hear it and then just go, ah! Like, you got to be in the fucking mood, man. You got to be in the juice for this shit. And uh, so, yeah, so then I, <laughs> I fucking, I tell the joke and then she just goes, hmm. And I'm like, yeah, hmm, is right. That fucking joke is on the CBC right now. Oh, I saw on TV. I told that joke on TV. And you gave me a little, hmm. Which is like, yeah. That's why I'm not fucking telling jokes right now. Because I don't want to... I don't want to... <laughs> I don't want to waste... It's like a waste of good material. Because the context of stand-up is so important, man. That's why ambush comedy shows. And the other thing that was hard about it is that the guests didn't know what VIP experience they were getting. So I was tucked in behind these curtains. The hostess would load up the, the guests, close the door... And then I was meant to open the curtain and be like, hey, it's time for comedy, which is like, buddy, honestly, this gig, I was able to do it uh, and get good reviews, but there is a very certain type of comic who, who doing this is, is you need a certain type of comic, like a fucking, you need someone who went to the University of Dambra in order to do this gig because you, there's no, like, you can't just be one of those like, hello, I'm like little fucking one-liner, quiet, fucking beta male, like, <laughs> fucking one-liner, skitty-ass beta male comics are gonna fucking die the death in that room, and not to say I'm an alpha male comic, but I'm assuredly not a beta male comic, Over hype, overconfident beta male comics, you guys know the ones that I'm talking about, the ones that are super skinny, and, uh, and they have no physical, there's nothing physically intimidating about them. There never has been their entire life. But after high school, they, they, they decided that, Hey man, I don't deserve to be treated like this. I'm actually the shit and I'm going to act and walk and talk like the shit, uh, <laughs> while being physically the most unintimidating person in the entire world. But my intellect and my wit is far superior than you meatheads. And I look down upon you. <laughs>
So, uh, yeah, so overconfident beta male comics would definitely fucking die the death in that room. But, man, it was hard. Two hours of shows. I eventually, I started just feeling like a prostitute, like an Asian. Like, uh, she would be like, okay, and we have two more. And I'd be like, oh, you won't. <laughs> I'd be like, no. And then they're, <laughs> I'm going to get, ah, oh, whatever. I feel sorry if anything ever happens to me. Like, good. Like, if anything, if I ever get any, like, big media job or anything like that, like, I feel sorry for the fucking vice journalist who's going to have to listen to every single podcast that I ever put out looking for something offensive that I said. Because that's a job now. When people get things, like Saturday Night Live, like, if you get cast on Saturday Night Live, like... You, they're, 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 uh, by now, they're already, like, scrubbing you. It's all, like, being vetted like a political candidate now, almost, because they're journalists that have to fucking listen to every single thing that you've ever said on the internet to to find out something outraging to cancel you by. It's almost like a default. It's like, oh, okay, it's like, so you want to be... You want to be a guy? Well, guess what? In 2009, you, for 10 seconds, did an Asian accent. (laughs) It's like, what? So I'm not funny? (laughs) But uh, I don't know what the point I'm trying to make here is. I'm not trying to make the point that I should be able to do an Asian accent, obviously. But the point that I'm trying to make is that that it's almost like... uh, yeah, it's like being a politician. So anyways, the uh, what the fuck was I just talking about before this? Um, I felt like... <laughs> I felt like she was sending in more men for me to fuck. And I was like, I don't want to. <laughs> but I had to. Because I was just sitting in my room. It was like a stripper giving lap dances. And it'd be like, two more. I'd be like, send them in. And then I'd fucking do my lap dance. And I was ending it. And then I'd end some of the... The sets were going really well. So I'd be like, okay. And that's our time. And they'd be like, no. I'd be like, yeah, you guys only paid for three songs. Now get out of here. I'm a fucking stripper. And it was a funny joke. So that was my Friday night gig. Crazy ass gig. Uh, And then Saturday comes around. And then Saturday night... I have another gig doing a Halloween slash birthday party at Danny Martinello's fucking uh, like wrestling Brazilian jiu-jitsu fucking MMA gym. So, and I get there and it's a Halloween party and the guy's awesome. He's so legit. Fucking Dino, the guy who runs Striation 6, man, like so legit. Everyone's so cool. There's a bald guy wearing a shirt and he's jacked and he's got a shirt that says train all day Joe Rogan podcast all night. (laughs) Is that a Halloween costume or is that just your shirt, bro? Like I couldn't tell if he was being ironic or not, but the way he was jacked, I could tell. I don't think there was any irony there. Uh, so I did the fucking gig and uh, I brought Braden with me and uh, and Braden was feeling a little hungover, right? So he goes up and he's like doing his thing and he, and it's a good crowd, right? So he pops and then he brings me on stage and I was like, fuck, I got to do 45. And uh, it was good. I started getting into the pocket. I was doing my jokes. And then somewhere around the 24 minute mark, I, I, I just detached. I unclipped myself from my set, from my brain. And then I just started channeling because here's the thing about doing longer sets is that it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to do comedy for 45 fucking minutes. Um, it should be. And as it should be, it shouldn't be easy to do 45 fucking minutes for anybody, even the best comics. Like, it should be hard uh, because you should... And the reason it should be hard is that you should be maintaining a pace. And by that, I mean you shouldn't... You should have, like, a marathon sprint where it's, like, you're not you're not front-loading it and getting all your laughs up front and then the middle's a little saggy and then the end. 
or conversely, you know, just kind of like you want to have like a pretty even consistency of punch throughout. So then I started, I found myself in the middle of this joke and then I, I remembered a tag to it that I hadn't done in years. Because when you start doing 45 minute sets, it almost transcends stand up and it turns into like almost like an acting, like a one man show where muscle memory and actions, at least for me and movements begin to take over. And then I was doing this joke and I remembered, I was like, oh yeah, I got that whole dirt tag about buying dirt that I haven't done in like, you know, so long. So then I start doing the, uh, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember. So then I start doing it. Normally in my set, I'm like two to three jokes ahead of myself. Like I'll be telling the joke on the out. Like if you're watching me on the outside, I'm doing the joke, blah, 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 blah. But on the inside, I'm literally like two jokes ahead thinking like, okay, what line is going to come? And then that, and then how's that going to go? And am I going to tag that in? And then from there, am I going to go to A or to B or to C? And then if that hits, then I'll go here. And I'm literally like, I'm processing that information because I already have it like ready to go. Right. So I'm like two jokes ahead of me, but this shit, I was like literally two fucking words ahead and I could feel it as it's coming out of my mouth on the surface you would have had no idea that I was panicking underneath because every single word that I'm saying is like I'm like three words out I'm like hey where the fuck is this joke going and I'm just like praying that the muscle memory and muscle memory is a crazy thing because then I was like okay I'm gonna have to lean on my 10,000 hours here and I just unplugged and I just started like telling this jokes and it was like going back in time. It was like a fucking Alzheimer patient who remembered. <laughs> I like, I looked at my, like my wife's face and I fucking recognized her for the first time in like 10 years. And I was like, Margaret, <laughs> I'm here. I'm here. Oh, the children. Oh, I'm fading. <laughs> And then I fuck, so I did the fucking jokes and I'm like doing these jokes and I'm like literally having this existential crisis, like watching my body perform as I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck next word is coming out of my mouth. And man, it was crazy. So then I'm like doing these jokes and then I, and then I felt the last word come and I was like, fucked. I don't know where this joke goes anymore. So then I just took a, here's the thing that you can do is if you have your set list on stage and you put it next to your drink or underneath your drink, the audience can't really see it on the thing. So you can reach to look at, to grab your drink and you take a look at your drink so as not to knock it over. But as you're doing it, you're actually looking at your set list to see where to go. And I, cause I had, um, I had like a set going, but I had unattached from myself from it. Right. And then I look at my set list and I see the exact joke where it used to land, the joke that I had just finished with a callback to that. And I was like, no fucking shit. So then I look at the joke and then I do the next joke that has a callback to the one I was just doing. And it just goes bang. And I was like, holy fucking shit, man. Like I, st- I what? this is crazy. Like I still got this. Um, and so then I end up and then I jump back into the set. Right. And then I'm flowing, I'm flowing, I'm flowing. And then I'm like, okay, hey, fuck, we got to be almost done here. Uh, let's just pull the shoot on a big closer, uh, closer that I vowed never to do again. My booster juice Hitler joke, which is very tacky and whatever and hacky. And it's just not a good joke, um, in terms of my abilities as a joke writer and point of view and perspective. It's just a fucking cheap ass Hitler joke. Um, (laughs) but they were feeling me, man. And these are like a bunch of like, you know, MMA people, no one was wearing masks, you know, it was kind of like that, you know, we're all here, we're a family, what do we got to wear a mask? So then I'm like thinking like, yeah, they might get away with a Hitler joke here. And sure enough, it gets a fucking applause break at the end. So I'm like, okay, I'm dismounting on the Hitler joke, supposed to do 45, ended up doing 39, bro, shit, six minutes under, didn't fucking matter. We ended the show at 9.51 instead of, not, instead of 10, so we went nine minutes under. 
Uh, so Braden must have gone short too. But uh, but it was all good, man. Here's the thing I found in my in my decade plus of doing stand up comedy: the amount of time that they book you for, only comedians care about that number. <laughs> like if we come in at like. 47 and or like you know 52 and they book us for 60 they don't give a fuck about that (laughs) they're not like hey eight more minutes buddy if you get booked for an hour and you do 20 well that's different but if you're like you know within five ten minutes nobody gives a fuck it's like yeah we ended nobody looks and especially if it was a good show like where i just came in like bang 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 um you know doing jokes off the top and crowd work and all this shit so yeah so I had, I was back in almost corporate mode and it just got me jacked up. Uh, and I was like, yeah, man, I fucking know how to, I'm a professional comedian. Like I still got this. Like I, I've been doing this and it's a skill set. You can never take this away from me now. I've done this for so long that you can pop me in a fucking room and ask me to do 45. I'll do 39, <laughs> but it'll be fucking tight and people will be stoked. Holy shit. We're already at 20 minutes of this podcast. Uh, almost 17 promotional consideration for this week with drew is provided by our patreons would you like a shout out a personal shout out every week access to bonus content like interview episodes and every set that i've ever done recorded on my cell phone i'll upload the the last set that i was just talking about today then you can be like our lovely patreons anthony blair kunal joel nick and mac bubba marnis bryce Taryn, and in the motherfucking Hall of Fame, Colette and Andre, say they name. Colette and Andre, did you guys get the weed I sent you? Uh, let me know. Um, also, promotional consideration for this week with Drew is provided by our sponsor, KingTutsCannabis.com. Use the promo code Drew, D-R-E-W, for 10% off your order. And this, I always forget to mention this, is an unlimited promo code. It's not your first order. It's fucking every single time. We give you 10% off the bag, man. I got a dime off your dime bag, bro. And also, if you're like, I don't want to buy weed off the internet. That's sketchy. Fuck you. Stop being a pussy. Go to kingtutscannabis.com and on your first order, they'll give you 15% off. Stack my promo code Drew on top of that for 25% off your first order. That's 25% off your first order at kingtutscannabis.com using the promo code Drew, D-R-E-W, at checkout. Kingtutscannabis.com. Smoke like an Egyptian. Okay. And uh, what else were we going to talk about? Uh, big news, Mike Ward vindicated. Okay, so I don't really want to spend too much time on this, uh, but this was a good case. I'm, I'm, uh, so if you're not familiar, Mike Ward is a comedian, a Quebec comedian, and f- Quebec comedians are massive in Quebec, right? Because they have their own, they actually know how to fucking, it's what Canada would look like if we knew how to support our fucking artists. Because uh, you can be rich and famous in Quebec. Anyways, Mike Ward did a joke about this fucking kid. I can't even remember his name. Le Petit fucking whatever. And he had Preacher Collins syndrome. And he sang for the Pope. And he had a shitty fucking voice. And he's a weird looking. It's a weird looking. It makes you weird looking. Preacher Collins. And so he was doing this joke about how the fucking kid sang for the Pope. And we're like, oh, yeah, that's so good. But then he never died. The kid just never died. So then his joke is like, well, why the fuck? You know, I thought he was going to die. Why do we give this shitty singing kid like all this attention when he sucks? You know, just because he looks weird, we're gonna do that. So not a good joke, uh, but when you when you zo- when you look at it, it's like okay, I get the point that he's trying to make. It's like yeah, whatever. We're like, we're fucking. I don't even really know the point that he's trying to make. It's kind of it's a shitty joke. It's not a good joke. He was like being like, yeah, this kid should just fucking die already. Like he was supposed to die. Like when's he gonna die? We keep giving him all this shit. Like he's milking it. You know what I mean? Like that's pretty much what he's saying. It's just like so. It's like a make a wish. Like how many make a wishes are you gonna make? Right. That's pretty much the joke. Like, how many fucking times can you meet John Cena before it's like, okay, buddy, like, you know, 
when 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 are you dying aren't you supposed to be dying soon he's like no i still want to go to disneyland and sing for the pope and meet john cena right it's like that kind of joke funny funny enough premise not necessarily in good taste anyways this fucking kid decides to sue Mike Ward for defamation and all this crap and harassment and whatever the fuck. And it went all the way to the Supreme Court where they finally ruled it that like, hey, man, like, listen, the joke may not be funny, but he's not fucking. It's not like he's being like, let's murder this guy and anyone with preacher Collins and discriminate against them. He's not abdicating for discrimination. So I'm happy. This is a good this is a good ruling for Canadian civil liberties and also just like. Stand-up comedy in general, because I shouldn't have to worry about whether I make a shitty fucking joke um, if I'm going to get sued for it by whoever and whatever. So this precedent is set, so that's good. Mike Ward, obviously, you can fucking do better as a comic, man. You know, what do you, like, this is not a kid, a small kid with a fucking horribly disfiguring disease is not funny. Um, You know, I get the premise, like he's milking it, okay, but whatever, man, there's some other, there's more important shit to talk about, <laughs> you know, than this fucking one kid who's living his, his life, um, his unfortunate, you know, it's unfortunate and the circumstances under which he was born are unfortunate. So I think as a comedian, you should most likely be punching up than down, obviously, um, you know, so yeah, it, uh, that man holds no power. Maybe the institutions upon which we're granting him the make a wishes and all that stuff, you can make fun of those people. Or, or or anything like that. But yeah, anyways, Mike Ward vindicated in big news. That was big news. And uh, what else did I want to do? Oh, yeah, I just got fucked. I just got fucked on the fucking... I had a tie for the night game last night. And that's within three. And the fucking Dallas wins by four. Like, fuck me, man. Like, I can't win a fucking pro line ever. I'm so fucking pissed. Okay, I got to play this guitar shit. Because I actually have an assignment in like 20 minutes. Hang on a sec. I'm going to get this guitar. Okay, that's the show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll tune back in on Thursday. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, now let's do some... Let's do some dad rock now. How does this sound? Okay, yeah. This one was A major, I think. Yeah. Fuck, I had a better time jamming this earlier. What the fuck? Yeah, guitar has been shitty lately. Fuck, sorry guys. Sorry. I'm sorry, I can't shred. 
Yeah, like what the fuck happened? I should have. Okay. Anyways, we're just gonna shut this down. 